Hello, join me and let's go to a kink party. That's where we're going to head in this episode. But what it's really about is breaking out of our routines, experiencing something new, and then stealing ideas that are going to help us be more authentic and then stand out from the crowd. And those are the things that really press people's attraction and their desire buttons. So today, we're going to take a sneak peek into a world that a lot of people don't really know much about so that we can gain some insights and really fresh perspectives related to seduction, attraction, and forming connections. So as you could probably tell, education is a huge focal point for those of us who are in the kink community and all of us that are host on the Ethical Seduction podcast, we feel like we have personally learned a lot of things such as how to meet people, how to communicate well, how to be more authentic, and how to ask for what we want. Like we've learned so much of these things from time in the kink community. So when I was invited to attend a recent Candyland kink party, I took the opportunity to go there and seduce a few people into sharing some experiences. Specifically, I'd asked like what the kink and lifestyle communities had taught them related to seduction and attraction that they felt that those outside of the community would really benefit from knowing. I wasn't sure about this, but I suspected that patterns would emerge from the collective advice, and it did, which that's what I want to share with you. But also, the other thing that was like in the back of my mind is I suspected I'd end up uncovering some things that I really was not expecting at all. And that happened too. Hello, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you develop authentic approaches for flirting and connecting with others. As sex positive educators and volunteers serving our local Nashville community, we've met a lot of people who would feel stuck and frustrated, they didn't quite know how to connect with people that they're attracted to. So Ethical Seduction was started as a way of discussing flirting, seduction, and forming authentic connections. It's our belief that seduction, when done well, really should be good for all those involved, and that the time and effort that you put into flirting with somebody should be seen as a positive giving experience that helps show people who you are and that you care. So thanks for joining us. I am your host, Stephen, and today it is just me. And I want to share with you some of the recordings and the insights that I got from the Candyland Kink and Lifestyle Party. Before we get started, I did want to mention that we have our free guide to connecting conversations. This guide is something I put together. It's really designed to help you kind of come up with either like approaches, approach openers, things like that to say. It also gets into topics such as conversational threading and open-ended questions so that as you read through the guide, you'll be able to use those a little bit more skillfully. And then there's even a section at the end I kind of put in for people who maybe deal with anxiety because that happens to a lot of us and some tips and some guidance on that as well. Uh, I created the guide because I felt like conversation is critical for like everything we end up doing. And it was one of those things I felt like this is something that's really going to benefit people. So it's like maybe 10 pages long just a PDF, simple PDF, but that is available for anybody who would like it on our website, ethicalseduction.com. The other thing that I started to do just recently is offer 30-minute one-on-one coaching calls. Uh, that was really just so that anybody who like wants to delve into like specifics about their situation, that's stuff we can't always cover on the podcast, so that is now available to you as well. Um, I think what the format we'd like to try to do is like if you can think of like what is something you really want to work on, you know, tell me what that is, and then we can try to like work through that. And so it is sort of like some goal setting and trying to achieve 
results that that really help you out. So that is available too. Anybody who's interested, you can just go to ethicalseduction.com and there is a button to to book a session. So thank you. So today we're going to cover seduction secrets from the kink community. What I noticed is that we have a problem and that we know certain things related to our social and cultural bubble that we live in, but we tend to kind of stay safe inside that bubble. And to make the problem worse, we as humans, we don't really like change either. So not only do we like stay safely in our bubble, but when things get rough, we often just use that as a justification that this is proof that we should stay with inside our bubble. So as a result to this, a lot of times what accidentally ends up happening to us is we sort of like stagnate and we get in these behavioral loops where we tend to do like the same thing over and over. And that can end up meaning you're getting the same results over and over again. And that that can be a problem. And so for this episode, what I really want to try to do is, is help break us sort of all out and just maybe get us thinking a little bit differently or a little fresher and just give some ideas. And um, that's one of the things I love about the kink and BDSM is how it sort of pushes us or challenges us to like see things from different perspectives and that that ends up causing us to grow and that growth is actually a really good, fun feeling. And I think that's a common thread, that growth, that feeling of growth that I see with people that are in the kink community or maybe in the polyamory community where not everything is easy, but because of that, it kind of really makes you stop and think about like who you are and what you want and you know asking for things you want. And, and that ends up leading to growth. And growth, when you realize that you are growing and you're improving, that that's a really good feeling and really exciting. And so that is what I'm hoping that this episode can do for you today. So not too long ago, I was invited by some friends that I know that we all know on the show uh, to attend a kink party. And that was up at a place called Candyland. It's up in uh, the southern we're out of Nashville. And so Candyland is located uh, just over the Kentucky border. I saw this as an opportunity when I was invited to maybe sit down and like talk to people and a variety of people and get some opinions about things. And this is something we have not always done on the, on the podcast before. So uh, one of the questions that I really wanted to kind of find out was like, what was the advice to say the people at the party who are kinky and in these lifestyles, these alternative lifestyles, like what advice would they have to those outside that about flirting and attraction and about forming connections that like, what advice did they want to sort of offer of things that they have like learned from this lifestyle that maybe those outside would not necessarily be aware of or not necessarily be exposed to. And so again, as I said in the intro, I really felt like that question was a little bit of a loaded question. Like I had some rough ideas of what people might say, but I also really had this gut feeling like I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna get some material that I am not expecting at all. So when I got up to the party, I set my equipment up and sat down with several different people. And the question that I asked them was, what are some things you feel you have learned from, the, from kink and being in the lifestyle that would benefit listeners to help them flirt better, be more attractive, and be able to connect with other people? 
While I interview people here, please understand too that nobody uses like their real name. Most people have a nickname that they go by and that is to kind of help give everybody a little bit of anonymity. If you're coming to a kink party, for example, um, not everybody needs to know what your day job is, you know, and there's, it's just kind of nice and respectful to kind of give people the privacy and, you know, hang out with the people that you're there for, but you do not need to know all that stuff. And so names, we all kind of tend to use nicknames. So as an example, my real name is Steven. And my nickname that I go by in the lifestyle and the scene is Even Steven. <laughs> not not a super exciting or creative name, I don't feel like, but it's but you know, it's it's me and it's enough. So let me start us off with Candy Cock, who is the party host, and let's let him tell us a bit about like why he started hosting the parties at his house. Well, I'm Candy Cock and we're here at Candyland and I host parties uh, several times a year. Why do I host parties? Well, first of all, I like parties. I like the people. I like the community. And secondly, it's because there was really no place where there was actively parties happening on a regular basis. Then about six or seven years ago, I actually became involved in the munches. And a sinister minister was hosting a local munch. I went to it. And uh, after a few munches, they were talking about having a party somewhere and they really had no place to have one. And I said, well, I've got this place that's a mile and a half down the road. And if you want to get together and see how it works, we'll do that. So uh, the first party we had, maybe 30 people or so, it went well. I like the, the whole party atmosphere. I like having people over. I like kinky people. They're fun. They're open. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's accepted. Nobody body shames anybody for anything. We're sex positive. And here's Sinister Minister. He's one of the organizers of the party, but he talks about how it's not just a party, but it really is like a community gathering for these, this particular area and the importance of that. We have the annual Candyland cookout, which has been going on for several years. And uh, this is a, it is a private event. It's not a public event like, like a munch would be, but it is a great opportunity to eat and socialize with people in the local kink scene. Uh, we are not all about sets and all about play, even though there's going to be some of that going on here. Uh, this is also to, to fellowship and to help foster the sense of community, which when you break it down is one of the most attractive things uh, that a lot of people find in the lifestyle. And so while these are parties, these are also these community get-togethers that really help bond people and they do help form a community. And here's Hunter, who is a 20-something year old and he drove like over an hour away just to kind of come to tonight's gathering. Just, just the community that uh, I'm able to talk about ideas that are typically uh, unusual for most people. I I've never really played whenever I've come to parties before, but uh, you know, I, I want to establish myself in the community because I find this stuff relevant. Uh, ha I have a big focus on philosophy and that sort of thing. Uh, and for me, these two make a lot of sense together. These two being kink and philosophy. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I like all this stuff, you know, and I like to get in there. I'm always going like, why? why? And I realize like not everybody asks why. They'll be like, I don't know. I, I like, like it. How can you not, how can you right. not wonder? Right. <laughs> I get a little bit enthusiastic there. 
Next, I'm going to introduce Miss Anya, and you'll hear me kind of rephrase the original question that I asked everybody. Um, okay, so this is the main thing. Yes. Okay, for the, this is why I'm envisioning like the topics. When you do the podcast, you usually have a topic. Right. You make a promise to the listener. This is what you're going to learn if right. you listen to this thing. Okay. Right. So my feeling on here is, uh, from my own experience, right, mm -hmm. is that be like the lifestyle and yeah. kink and all that okay like i have grown and benefited a lot mm -hmm. and as far so as much. not just from like kink and stuff like that but like a lot of it applies like everyday life yeah and it's therapeutic man and we do <laughs> and we do some things in yeah. different ways oh yeah absolutely. so so i feel like somebody who's not who is i'm gonna say vanilla but i don't really want to use that word right but somebody who's not in the Muggles. lifestyle and things like we i feel like we have things yeah. to to advise teach that they might not have experience with okay? oh absolutely it's this the whole lifestyle gives you a whole new take on relationships in general that helps with like your mom relationship your brother relationship like everything it really helps people connect better because you learn how to communicate more effectively for consent purposes so anytime you're like setting up a scene or you're negotiating that's important and if you miss important communication cues or body language or you don't understand the person that you're with it can cause major damage in this kind of element but if you do get used to doing that then i noticed all of my other relationships started becoming stronger better we communicated more effectively i was able to say hey take a breath okay we can have an argument we can have a debate effectively without Anybody yelling and screaming or throwing things, you know, we can have that. Or, it, you know, if you need to cry, cry. That's fine, too. So it's really important for literally getting stronger relationships all the way across the board. I think the biggest lesson that I learned early on in my journey into the kink community was consent and negotiations and asking for what I wanted and setting boundaries and the kink community. And then the lifestyle we're taught that it's okay to set a boundary. Hey, this is not okay. Or, Hey, this is okay. Or, Hey, this was okay yesterday, but it's not okay today. And outside of that, of the lifestyle, we don't get taught that as clearly. Sure. We get taught, um, no means no, but it doesn't, we don't go into a depth as much as the lifestyle in the kink community does on consent and boundaries. And I know as a person who has been a insufferable people pleaser their entire life, that was a huge thing for me. Learning that I could say, no, not tonight, or no, not at all, or no, not this thing, but I want this aspect of this thing. So I think that that is something that the lifestyle really helps to teach is letting us deep dive into boundaries and consent and setting those boundaries and having them respected and having the expectation of them being respected being okay. That was Redhead to Puppy and they're another event organizer for this area of Kentucky. Consent and boundaries are foundational parts of practicing good BDSM, but what goes hand in hand with them is often communication and being able to like really sit down and talk with partners about what each person wants. So here is Red-Headed Puppy again. The fact that we focus so much on communication has helped me communicate my feels and my boundaries in a more functional way than I could before. Um, 
because honestly, before the lifestyle, before I really joined and got active, I did not stand up for my boundaries. Like I let them slip all the time. I let people do things that I know I didn't like just because they wanted to do it. Um, and didn't enforce my boundaries, didn't enforce my nose. And now I don't do that. I will straight up tell a partner, hey, I'm overstimulated. Can you please stop petting my arm right now? Those of you who are not familiar with BDSM, um, we'll use impact as a general thing because that's what a lot, it's very popular impact scenes where you spank someone or something like that. In order to negotiate a scene, you don't just walk up and say, hey, can I spank you and start whacking away? <laughs> you've got you've to sit down and talk with them and talk about like, okay, what kind of instruments do you like? How hard do you like it? What are your limits? What are your safe words? All of those things are important in communication. And while you're having this negotiation, you're reading their body language. Is this like, if you, if you bring something up, do they immediately recoil? Do they look like they're uncomfortable? So learning all of these cues about people and learning how to communicate, not just through words, but with your eyes, with your eye connection and with your body language, hugely important so that nobody ends up hurt or getting something that they don't want. I don't want to be spanked harder than, than what I like. I do like impact, um, but I don't want the wrong tool used at the wrong time. Um, so it's very important to know that if it wasn't negotiated, it doesn't happen in the scene, period. So those are really important things. And when you're communicating with other people, I've become such... A better person at communicating in general that it has been hugely therapeutic for me. I've lost all of my anger issues almost completely. I used to be a rageful 20-something year old. <laughs> I was awful. I would scream and yell at people. Um, and I don't do that now. Very, very Why? rarely. Because I just like, what does that serve? Does that serve me? Does that make me feel better? No, not really. It just makes me feel embarrassed later. You know, it does it serve the person of getting my point across? No, not really. Now they're just scared of me. You know, <laughs> now I've just barked at them and they're not, they're not wanting to really communicate anymore with me. They just want to get out of the situation. So that doesn't solve a problem. It doesn't prove a point. We're no longer communicating. We have just ended that communication system because one of us is screaming. So that's not an effective relationship at all. And I've just ruined the point. So in order to get to the next stage of the conversation, I have to put that anger aside and come back at it with a, a more logical thought process and go and stop myself and start of, instead of reacting, acting, acting on my thought process and not just reacting to what was said to me and be like, okay, take in, what did they really say? What did they really want to communicate? And what do I want to say in response to that? Did they take something out of context? Do... I need to, um, and this is of course with argument perspective, but this also communicates well with like what you're bringing to Sunday dinner. You know, if your mom is talking about a big family dinner and she's all stressed out and she's anxious because there's all these people coming over and, da -da 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 -da, and you go, calm down, <laughs> what do you have? And, you know, and it like helps you plan and strategize and put people at ease and help them uh, just grow. You know, it gives you a lot of wisdom really quick. And that's, that's I, just awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. I wrestle with how to sometimes communicate that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So even I'm like listening to you and it's, anyway, yeah. thank you. Uh, Not a problem. Yeah, I mean, it gives, it does. It gives you a lot of wisdom in a very short amount of time. Uh, not to say that I'm like some big machismo or anything. It's just yeah. like, uh, it makes me a better person. I've grown so many. I like, I don't have enough time for the relationships in my life right now because I have so many close people. And that's just awesome. I 
I love that. When, when she made the comment about just having like so many relationships and like close relationships in, in her life at that moment, I mean, that is, I feel like, at least for me personally, that is something that's important to me because it's, it's not about the quantity. It's like you want to have really good, deep relationships with people. But that goes beyond like just like who your partner or partners are. It really gets into like, you know, friends and coworkers and family and all that. And I do feel personally like that is one of the things that I've really grown myself in the in the community is because I think of the skills and the, the things that we kind of focus on and do so much education on that it really does end up helping you not just with say your 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 partners that you're flirting with or sexually active with, but it really does help everywhere in your life. And I would say that's an ethical seduction thing. I think that's, you know, we focus on flirting and we focus on seduction and attraction, but the skills that we talk about and the techniques we talk about, they really help you in all different aspects of your life. It's, it's, it's much bigger than the flirting and seduction. Those are just really fun topics to focus on and to kind of really learn how to craft and hone your skills. But here's Sinister Minister again, and listen to him. Uh, he kind of echoes something else that is a very common experience that most people have in the community that has like really in, helped change and uh, transform him into like, I'm gonna say into sort of being the, the leader and event organizer that, that he is today. Don't force yourself to be someone that you're not. So what works best for me in that regard is I just go out there and I don't put on airs and I just, I try to be my authentic self. And if people are going to find that attractive, then they're going to find it attractive. And if they don't, then they're not. But I would rather someone become interested in me because of who I really am than to become interested in a personality I'm trying to project and then be disappointed later. And do you feel like that, did you learn that like specifically from the kink community? Or is that just like you picked that up? Well, in a way, yes. Because honestly, uh, before I came into the kink community, I had a very difficult time getting social traction with anybody. I didn't uh, date much in high school. I didn't date any in high school. didn't date much in college. And that wasn't by choice. But also, I wasn't comfortable. And I had to, I had to get comfortable with myself. And then when I, when I came into the kink community, I felt an instant sense of community that I hadn't had in any, any social setting before. So that's a long way to say, yes, I did develop this in the kink community, but that's also how I developed most social skills. I used to have really bad social anxiety and things like that. And I still do sometimes in a vanilla setting, but um, yeah, I've, it's uh, I, I have developed my social skills such as they are within the confines of the kink community. Oh, I feel a whole lot different in my relationships. I am so much more confident about how I approach people. I don't feel nearly as um, shy or uh, self-conscious. I don't feel self-conscious body-wise most of the time anymore either because of this community, because it's such a body positive place. But just approaching people or having people approach me and, and being able to talk in a genuine fashion and not be just like, you know, customer service voice, like, hey, how you doing, buys? You know, what? Come on in. Nothing like that. It's just been very um, easier to talk to people. 
because I realized that I have something to say and people actually want to hear it. And then people want to tell me things and they want me to actually listen. And effective listening skills is crucial in, in anything in this lifestyle. Yeah. I, and with work, I mean, just, just working or being employed, listening skills are amazing and will do you a whole lot better to actually listen to like the little nuances of, of people talking at my job. I work in the legal field. There are mm. so many, you know, there's a lot of undercurrents of things that people say and it's, it's a lot easier, more effective. And I feel more confident talking to people when I know what they're saying without having to pick out every single little detail, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Again, it comes down to body language, eye contact, you know, their tone of voice. Those are very important. And I agree. And yeah. I think that's worth like, like a lot of what we're trying to teach. I yeah, think yeah. to me, and like you say, listening. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say listening also means paying attention. And so yes. when you notice that stuff, it's like that tells you Right. That's the information to me that mm -hmm. comes in. Yeah. And when if you notice it, then you often know what to do next. Yes. And so yeah. many times people are like, I have no idea. And you're like, it's you just have to kind of yeah. I feel like that's a trick or a yeah. skill. Yeah. And if Let's, you get too worried about, you know, the I have to follow this script or I have to do exactly what they want, sometimes you just have to kind of put some stuff out there and go with it. I feel like the BDSM kink lifestyle communities, uh, because they're so diverse that they really have helped create this very uh, appreciating and accepting culture. And that that culture really helps like enable you to kind of be yourself. And in turn, that lets people like see how and why they're actually attractive. So I feel like we're lucky in a lot of ways that because of the culture of the BDSM kink lifestyle that you know, we can be ourselves and look, and again, that's encouraged and people want you to, you know, bring that out of you. And so when you get to kind of do that, it gives you the chance to almost in some respects, I'm going to say like experiment with things, right? So that if you are maybe nervous or things like that in your everyday life, it's like when you're around people that are comfortable, that you're comfortable with and that are more accepting, then it you can kind of naturally act a little bit more confident. And then you very often will end up learning the benefits of that, you know, that, that you, how to apply that into your everyday regular life. I love that about these kind of places. I love the diversity of people that you get. I do too. Yeah. I like the, you know, cause you get them of every single body type. You get them of every single walk of life, all different job styles, all different living situations. And so you get to see a little bit of everyone and it's like a little slice of humanity, humanity in like a what 60 person party here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Definitely. Uh, the, the community aspect that we have in the, in the kink, scene whether you call it a lifestyle or a scene or a community or whatever um that has definitely helped me develop social skills and a level of comfort with myself and a knowledge of myself that i never had before why 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 did you not have it before? what's the difference between the kink community and because before i came into a kink community i didn't realize it but i was trying to conform to something that i wasn't and now i'm not and the kink community and the, and the kink community has allowed me to know myself and that's allowed me to be comfortable with myself which has kind of reflected and allowed people to kind of gravitate towards me and get more comfortable with themselves as well so what does all this mean and, and like why is it important you know i've talked to all these different people 
And I think what I've personally kind of found from about this, like, is like really knowing knowing yourself and being able to be authentic, like that is super attractive. And that is one of those kind of like inner game things that is really kind of hard to work on and hard to develop. I think I did personally, you know, do a lot of that when I was like in my 30s, and it, it was, you know, I. I did kind of sit down and study this stuff and it was like stuff I consciously kind of worked on and it does make a difference. And I think all the people we heard from today, I think they would probably say the same thing that they consciously sat down and like tried to be better at communicating and tried to have, you know, be maybe a little bit more out there and more authentic and they worked on themselves. And, um, but it, it really, it really helps. But the thing is like, once you kind of go through some of that transformation and you get more comfortable with it, get more comfortable with yourself, like those are super attractive traits, you know, just to be able to kind of not have to work around and try to like impress people, but just to kind of be comfortable with who you are. And in some respects, I'm going to say in a good way, like not care if people have, I'm going to say like sort of negative opinions of you or just are not, you know, not care what other people think so much. So just imagine like how easy and comfortable and confident like you could be if you're surrounded by people who value you and appreciate you for who you are. And being in a good community really helps that that sort of inner game aspect of of who you are so much. So being in a community, I think has so many benefits in so many ways, it's, it's almost hard to kind of list them right here. But that from is probably the big takeaway, I'm going to say, that I got out of all these, like from what everybody said, the different interviews. And at the end, I kind of thought like, well, like, well, duh, like that's the benefits of having a community. But I think going through this exercise kind of repeated to me anyway, like just how important it was. Like we would not have the advice that people gave would not have necessarily developed without having a sort of a safe community or a safe group of friends that that we're a part of and that we can be around. And I think that's the other thing that I really want to kind of suggest uh, to you is like to think about y- yourself and your group of friends that you have and family and, and that sort of thing. And like, how accepting are they? And are you able to really be comfortable and relax and confident in that environment. And if you're not, one of the suggestions I want to offer then is like to kind of break out of your comfort zone and try to participate maybe in some groups. So this is not necessarily a straight up like, this is what you do for dating and for flirting, but just in general, like if you can hang out with groups that you associate with and that you like, those groups, you will develop a lot in those groups and those skills that you learn are gonna benefit you with your your dating life and your flirting life and family and friends and work. So that was really the sort of the, the takeaway, I think of this whole thing for this particular episode that I wanna suggest. and. I started laughing at myself when I was like thinking about all this that, you know, we're all on FetLife and FetLife, for those who don't know, is like Facebook for kinky people. And some people use it as a dating website. It's really not designed to be a dating website, but you know, you make a profile on there and, and this is an adult site. So do not go to it unless you're okay with seeing adult pictures that different people post and, uh, just, just know that. But, FetLife is the, the, the site 
that we use to communicate with each other. And so people post things on there. Um, there are different, I'm gonna say different groups, you know, if you're interested in you know education on something, you can find it on there. If you're interested in like, I'm working on this, I don't know, trauma thing that I have, there's probably some you know group on there. So it is a community group. But one of the other things is like, we can post events that are going on in your local area. So if you're in a small town USA, you can look up and find out what events, what kink events are going on in that particular area. And so it really, that's why I say it's kind of like Facebook for kinky people. So FetLife is one of the things that we in the lifestyle tend to use as our platform, I guess, to kind of find out what's going on and stay in touch with each other. I also know there's like meetup.com. And so with meetup.com, it's doing really the same kind of thing. You can look for events, you can look for say art classes and places to meet people and, you know, hiking. I used to do a hiking trip um, with with people in the Nashville area every week that I enjoyed. So participating in those kind of groups, that is something I want to encourage people to get involved with and do because I think you're just going to learn a lot of really good skills. And like I said, it was doing these interviews and listening to everybody's responses that kind of really made me kind of understand in some respects, like how lucky we kind of have it, but like that's something that is important to, to everybody. So that's my suggestion. Um, and I will say FetLife is not paying us to promote their stuff or anything like that. It's just that it is a great site and it has done wonders for us and I have nothing but good things to say about it. So I would like to thank everybody who took the time to meet with me at the Candyland party. There's a, a lot of different people that did and there's some people that I spoke with that are not necessarily on this episode. Sorry that you're not, but I have more material that I think we'll probably use on future episodes where I asked everybody multiple questions because I really did take it as an opportunity to kind of get feedback. So, um, but thank you everybody. Uh, thank you, Candy Cock, and thank you, Sinister Minister, for inviting me and allowing me to kind of set up shop in one corner of the of the backyard for the barbecue. And it was a great party, and I enjoyed everybody, and I enjoyed talking. I enjoyed talking to everybody that I met. So as we're wrapping up, let me just say one more quick reminder that we do have the free guide for connecting conversations. Uh, anybody who would like that, that is on ethicalseduction.com. And then we also have the 30-minute one-on-one coaching session for anybody who's interested in sitting down and talking about the specifics that are kind of on your mind that you're trying to work through. And that, that can be booked on the Ethical Seduction website as well. If you liked today's show, please remember you can follow us to get future episodes on your podcast player of choice. And if you know anybody who might like our show or benefit from us like please mention it to them word of mouth helps a lot if you're on apple podcast and you would be so kind as to take a minute to review us like that really helps us the feedback especially if you leave us rating is great but if you leave us like comments that just you know we read those things and that helps us kind of help shape the show because we really are trying to tailor it for what you all want and so you know you taking a minute to leave us that feedback it, it helps us create better shows for you and you can also follow us on social media on FetLife and Reddit, Facebook, Instagram under Ethical Seduction. So thank you, everybody. I enjoyed today's show. I enjoyed the interviews and putting it all together. It got a ton of material and that was a lot of fun. And, and the party was great, great too. So again, thank you, Sinister Minister. Thank you, Candy Cock. And thank you for listening. Bye.